Let's welcome Pastor Jonathan Falwell, everybody. I love that song that uh, I love that song that, that Charles does there. Settle me now, because it's exactly what I'm going to be talking about today. And when we start talking about what it is that, uh, that that we are doing, you know, the big question. So many of you have come from literally places all over America and all over the world that have come here to be a part of this university. You've come here to study in so many different fields, so many different uh, areas of, uh, of interest that are going on around here. And I think this mic is going to start messing up again today. Is it, is it working? Okay. If it doesn't, I'll just... Elmer, get me a mic this time, okay? If you would. But uh, so many of you have come from all over the place uh, to be a part of this university. And Dad started this university in 1971 with the idea of training up young champions for Christ. And the reason for that was that he saw what was going on in America. He saw what was going on in the world. And he felt that there was a, a, a huge desire and a, and a huge need for young people all over the world to come together, uh, to go out and to be excellent in whatever areas that they choose to serve in, whatever area, whatever path they choose to go down in their lives, but also to go out with an excitement and a passion for their relationship and their intimacy and their love for Jesus Christ. To go out into this world to do everything that we possibly can to share the love of Christ with the world. Well, you've come here now and we've started this brand new semester and so many of you come here maybe with an idea of exactly what it is that you want to do. You know what your path is going to be. You've chosen what it is that you're going to, to do for the rest of your lives. Some of you may have come in and you still don't have a clue. But I can guarantee you that one question that seems to continually come up, because it comes up in my life often, is this. Okay, so what do I do now? What's next? Where do I go from here? What's the next step that I need to take? And so often we get in the situation where we don't really know what the next step is. We think we've got it all together. We think we know what the plans are. We think we know exactly what it is that we need to do. But sometimes we get lost in the, the, the busyness. We get lost in all of the activity. We get distracted by all of the things that are going on in our lives. And we sometimes lose sight of what it is that we do next. What's the next step? Where do we go from here? Today I want to look at a story in the scriptures that all of you are familiar with. It's one that if you've spent any time in churches around America or around the world, if you've spent any time there at all, I guarantee you that the pastors that are uh, representative of those churches that, uh, that you have attended, I'm sure that at some time in your life, you've heard maybe a sermon or maybe two or maybe more from this passage of scripture. It's one that we're all familiar with out of Matthew chapter 14 when Peter walked on the water. But today I want to look at that story and look at maybe a couple of different elements of that story that I think that we can pull out and we can apply to our lives when we ask ourselves the question, where do we go now? What's next? Well, what's the next step? In Matthew chapter 14, we get such a clear picture of how powerful God really is. We, we get a clear picture of who Christ was when he walked among men and when, when, he, when he did all of the wonderful things. In this passage, you can, you can read about the feeding of the 5,000 and how in, in what seemed to be insurmountable odds, Jesus fed all of those people, 5,000 men and then women and children on top of that. He fed them all with, with just a little bit of food. We see the power that comes from Jesus Christ. And so when we ask ourselves the question, okay, so what do we do now? Where do we go from here? What's our next step? 
Today I want to look at this passage to see exactly what it is that Christ would want us to do in that next step. Because honestly, if you're going to be successful, if you're going to become all that God wants you to become, you have to make sure that you are doing everything possible to seek after Christ's will in your lives. God's will for your lives. His direction, His path. We've got a world full of people that are trying to choose their own paths. In colleges and in schools all over America, literally right now today, there are millions of young people who are trying to choose what it is that they want to do. They are following their own paths, they are charting their own course, and many of them are going to fail and fall miserably on their faces because they are not seeking God's direction. With all of the people that are in this room and all that are in the DeMoss Center and over in the Thomas Road Sanctuary right now, we don't want any of you to ever fall on your faces because you have failed to seek out God's plan. Dr. Towns talked about that last week, about figuring out what it is that God's plan is for your life. What is God's will for your life? And he gave us some ideas and some, some passages of scripture, some thoughts that we can apply to our own lives to try to figure out what it is that, that that call is. But today I want to talk about what we do with that call. What are the steps that we take? What do we do as we move forward following after God's plan for our lives. Open, if you would, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to read a story again that you're all familiar with. Matthew chapter 14 and verses 22 through 33. It says this, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat, where the disciples were, the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The storm had, had come up. And now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he, Christ, said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he had saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind was ceased. And then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. There's some lessons that we can learn here from Peter in the situation that, that he was in as he got into that boat, as he was instructed to do by Christ, as, as the disciples got into that boat and started to cross the, the, the lake to go over to the other side. Christ had went up into the mountainside to, to pray, and, and the disciples were in the boat. The storm came, and Peter's there, and all of a sudden, of course, as the scriptures tell us, they were so afraid and so scared because they didn't know what was ahead. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like that you are out there and you're following the course that God's called you to follow? You're, you're doing what it is that you think God has told you to do, but you feel like you're out in the midst of that storm, in the midst of, uh, of all of the confusion and all of the problems. You feel like you're all alone and the fear grips you. It overcomes you. You're scared because you don't know what the next steps are. That's what Peter and the disciples were going through. Now listen, understand... 
that they had just witnessed what Christ did with those loaves and those fishes. They had just witnessed Christ feed 5,000 and many more, really, with just that little bit of food. They had, they had seen what Christ was able to do. They had seen how Christ had performed miracle after miracle, and people had been healed, and, and lives had been changed. Why? Because they had seen the power that came through Jesus Christ. And now Jesus had called them, get in the boat and go to the other side. And they were going across. But now in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the sea, they were gripped with fear. They were overcome by anxiety. By worry, they didn't know what was ahead. So many times in our lives as we follow Christ, as we serve God, as we try to become all that God wants us to become, we get in exactly that same situation. We feel like we're doing what God's called us to do, but we get so distracted by all of the things around us and we get tossed about like they were in that boat and the anxiety and the fear becomes so overwhelming that we feel like we are all alone. I have no doubt that Peter and the rest of the disciples in that boat that day, they felt like they were all alone. They probably were, were sitting out there in that boat thinking, why in the world did Christ send us out here into this storm? Why did he send us out here all alone in the midst of this storm? They had no clue what was next. But there's four things that I think we can learn from Peter in this passage that we can use in our own lives. The first one is this. Is that even in the midst of that storm, even in the midst of the anxiety and the fear that they all felt, Peter realized the potential that was ahead. Peter realized that there was something that he could do through this storm that would be miraculous. He realized the potential in Christ. As we look at this passage, in verse 28, when Peter and the other disciples saw Christ walking on the water coming towards them, Peter immediately realized the potential. He said, Lord, if it's you, if it really is you, then you let me get out of this boat and walk across this water and come to you. Let me walk on the water. Now that's a big request. That's a big thing to ask for because no one had ever done it. And no one's done it since. If you don't believe that's a big deal, go out and try to walk on the water sometime. It can't be done. But yet Peter realized the potential even in the midst of the anxiety, in the midst of the fear. Peter realized, you know what? Because Christ is out there, because I believe that Christ has all of the power that I will need to make it through this, I want to get out of this boat and I want to walk on the water. And he asked Jesus to allow him to do so. My dad often had a statement that he, he used, a quote that he used so often. And, and many of you that uh, have been here for a while, I guarantee you, you've heard him say it. He often said that life is full of glorious opportunities, brilliantly disguised as insoluble problems. Dad loved that quote. He used it often. Because so many times we as Christians, get, we get so caught up in the fog of distraction and get caught up so much in, in all of the things that are, that are hurting us and holding us down and keeping us back that we don't see the opportunities that lie ahead if we will simply trust God. Life is full of glorious opportunities, brilliantly disguised as insoluble problems. My friends, we as believers, we as followers of Christ, we as 
this next generation of believers who will go out into this world as young champions for Christ to reach this world for Christ, we have got to get our eyes off of the insoluble problems and get them focused on the brilliant opportunities, the glorious opportunities that lie ahead, the things that we can do because Christ is there with us. Peter knew that because Jesus was out there that he could walk in the water. He didn't doubt that. Lord, if it's you, let me do it. We need to have that same attitude. We need to realize the potential in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of the problems that we face. We need to realize the potential that because Jesus Christ is with us, we can do anything. That we can make it through. That we can go out there and do things that are miraculous, that are amazing. Because Christ is with us in the midst of the storm. Peter realized the potential that, that came from, from following after Christ. He knew exactly what was available to him. So many times we let those circumstances cloud our opportunities. We've got to make sure that we get through the fear and the incredible obstacles that lie ahead and start to see what Christ can do when we step out on faith. This university is a testament to stepping out on faith. In 1971, when my dad started this university along with Elmer Towns and others, he, he founded this university amid really insurmountable odds. I can guarantee you Dr. Towns could tell us today the insoluble problems that, that they faced when dad decided that he wanted to build a university. People probably mocked him and laughed at him and said, you, you don't just start a college. You can't do something like, what are you talking about? But yet because he stepped out on faith, he realized the potential and Dr. Towns came alongside and others came alongside and what happened? We stand here today in what is the world's largest evangelical Christian university and we see the incredible things that God has done here. Don't ever forget that this place is a testament to stepping out on faith and realizing the potential that can come when you get through the obstacles and focus on the opportunities. Peter realized the potential. The next thing he did is he jumped at the proposition. He jumped at the proposition because you'll, you'll notice as we read this passage in verse 28 and 29 when, when Peter said, Lord, if it's you, then, then let me get out of this boat and walk to you. What did Jesus say? He immediately came back and said, come on. Jump out. Go for it. And Peter jumped at the opportunity. He jumped at the proposition of doing something that no one had ever done before. He didn't wait. He didn't weigh out his options. He didn't call together a group of people or a committee to talk about it and discuss whether it was a good idea. He simply jumped at the proposition because Christ had called him. Last week, Dr. Towns told us all that Christ has a call in your life. Some of you know exactly what that call is. Some of you are still searching for that call and trying to find what it is that, that God has on your life. The point is, is all of us have a call. And just as Jesus called Peter to step out of that boat and to come to him, God's calling all of us as well. Some of us, he's called to be pastors. Some of you, he's called to be missionaries. In fact, I think... Um, you had a meeting uh, what, Monday night over in the town center. Had over 915 
of you that came to that meeting to talk about world missions. That's huge. That's exciting. Some of you have called, been called to missions. Some of you have been called to business. Some of you have been called to, to the education field and, and, and to go into the medical field and the legal field and all of those types of things that God has called you, whatever it is. That's a call. God has put it onto your life to say, this is my plan for you. This is what I want you to do. This is the path that I want you to take, and I'm going to use you in that path to do amazing things. We've got to make sure that when we hear that call, when we understand what it is that God wants us to do, that we don't sit back and, and weigh out our options, that we do what Peter did, and we jump at the proposition. And we just jump and we go do exactly what it is that Christ has called us to do. That call is so important that we understand. So important that we follow. That we jump at that proposition each and every day. You know, a lot of people when they preach this passage, pastors, when they'll open this passage, the one thing that they'll focus on is they'll focus on the fact that, that Peter was the one that jumped out and, and the rest of the guys, the rest of the disciples stayed back in the boat and stayed in their comfort zone and they weren't willing to do what Peter had done and, and they were scared and they didn't trust Christ. And you know, I, as I read this passage, I'm not sure I really get that out of this passage. It doesn't say the rest of the disciples cowered in fear and weren't willing to, to try to do something like that. It doesn't say that the, the rest of the disciples were, were, uh, didn't believe that Christ could give them the power to do that. It just simply talks about what Peter did. And so if, when I read this passage, one thing that I kind of get from this passage, whether it's, it's not there either, but I mean, if they can get that out of it, I can get this out of it, is that because those disciples were there with him, that Peter was strengthened because he was surrounded by other believers who gave him the confidence to do things. Let me tell you one thing you've got to make sure you're doing when you're here at Liberty University. You're at college. You're away from home. You're away from your home churches. Don't let being in college be an excuse to get out of being involved in local church being involved in a family of local believers, of followers of Christ. Don't allow this time that you spend in, 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 in college to, uh, to be an excuse or an opportunity to get away from the local church because the local church is Christ's plan for world evangelization. And as we sit here in Lynchburg, we are blessed by so many great churches in our community. I'm partial to one, but there's lots of great churches around here. Get involved at Thomas Road or get involved at churches like Brentwood or, or Blue Ridge or, or Heritage or Highland Heights or Thomas Terrace or Grace or, or so many other great churches. 8th Street Baptist with Keith Anderson or, or Truth with Charles Hughes as a pastor there. There are so many great churches in our community. Don't allow yourself to get out of that fellowship with other followers of Christ. Because when you walk out of this place... And when you go back to whatever it is, career paths you've chosen, whatever areas or locations that you're going to live in when you leave Liberty University, you are not going to have the ability to get together with people like you do here at Liberty University and, and your prayer groups and hall meetings and chapels and convos and all of those types of things. You're going to be out there in that world and so many times you are going to feel like you were all alone. That is what is so wonderful about local church because you can come together with a group of other followers of Christ, of believers where you can grow together and serve together and 
make a difference together and strengthen each other so that you can change the world. Don't allow college to get you out of the habit of local church. Every Sunday morning, Johnny Moore leads our services here in the Vine Center. Does an incredible job. We had 4,200, I think, was here. Uh, we're here on, on, uh, on Sunday with Clayton King. How many of you got to hear Clayton? An amazing, amazing young man that God is using. Don't allow yourself to get out of that habit. Because when we realize the potential that Christ has put in our lives, when we realize the, and jump at the, the, the opportunities and the proposition that Christ is giving to us, we need to be strengthened by other believers, wrapped up in their care, wrapped up in the comfort of, of being around people who are like-minded. The Bible tells us that in Philippians, to be like-minded, to be one of one spirit, of one accord, of, of taking that same path, of following that same path. We need to understand that we need to jump at the proposition that, that Christ allows us to have. Peter realized that potentially jumped at the proposition, but boy, he also felt, felt the power. He felt the power of God. Why did he feel it? Because when, when Christ looked at him and said, you know what, get out of that boat. You come here, come to me right now. And he jumped out and he walked on that water. He did what no human had ever done before and no human has done since. He walked on that water and he felt the power of God and he realized that there was no possible way that he could have done that on his own, that the only way he was able to walk on that water is because Jesus Christ's power in his life. He felt that power. My friends, there's going to be times and situations when you go through life, maybe right here at school, maybe you're going through it right now where you're sitting there and you just feel like you are overwhelmed, like you are powerless, like you don't know what you're going to do next. I want you to know that the power that Peter felt that night through Jesus Christ on that water and that storm 2,000 years ago is the same power that you can feel today if you will trust him and put your life in his hands. That is the same exact power that Jesus Christ allows and affords and offers to each of us on a daily basis. And I want you to know every Sunday when I walk up onto that platform at Thomas Road to preach to the thousands who are gathered there on, to worship Christ every Sunday morning, I want you to know that if I tried to walk out into that pulpit all alone, if I tried to do it in my own power, if I tried to go out there in my own abilities and my own talents, I would fall flat on my face. Because I'll just be honest with you, I am not a gifted pastor. I am not a gifted preacher. I don't have some special abilities that any of you in this room don't have. Here's what I am. And I believe firmly that this is the only reason that God is blessing Thomas Road Baptist Church today. It's because I and thousands of others over at Thomas Road Baptist Church are nothing more than weak, humble, useless individuals who are allowing themselves to be used and put in the hands of God and used by God to do great things for God, not because of us, but because of Christ. And let me tell you something, that is exactly where you sit today too. There is nothing that you can't accomplish if you will put your trust and your lives in his hands. Feel the power that he is affording you. Feel the power he wants to give to you. Feel the power that he is wrapping you up with. And if you're allowing yourselves to walk through life all alone, if you're allowing yourselves to walk through life in your own power, man, you're missing the boat. You are missing all of those wonderful opportunities that he wants you to experience. Peter felt the power because in the midst of that storm, 
He was able to do something amazing. Now, you go on and read this passage, and what happens? We see that Peter got out there, and he got on the water. He's doing something incredible, walking on the water, and all of a sudden, he, he took his eyes off of, uh, of Christ, and we all know what happened, right? He, he started to sink. And here's another element of this passage that so often is preached and, and shared from pulpits all over the world, is that when we take our eyes off of Christ, we, we do sink. We, we start to lose that power. We start to, to lose the ability and the opportunities that Christ wants us to have because we've gotten our focus off of Him and we've gotten our focus on, on something else. And boy, is that a powerful message from, from this scripture. It's something we need to understand and, and be fully aware and cognizant of is that when we do take our eyes off of Christ and focus our eyes either on ourselves or something else, we're going to start to miss and lose a lot of the power and opportunities that Christ has for us. But when you read this passage, we also notice quickly that when Peter started to sink, when he started to lose the ability to walk on the water because he took his eyes off of Christ. He did something that I think is so important for us to understand. In verse 31, he simply said, Lord, save me. Save me, Lord. And as I read this passage, that is something that gives me great comfort. We all know Peter was a great follower of Christ, don't we? We had seen what Peter had done with Christ for for so many days and so many months and so many years, he, he followed Christ and he walked after Christ and he did what Christ wanted him to do. He was a great servant. He was one of the great 12 disciples, did amazing things with Christ. And here we see the picture and we realize that even someone as great as Peter, the disciple, the apostle, that they can fall, that they can make mistakes, that they can lose their way, that they can get their eyes on the wrong things, that they can mess up. So many times as Christians, we start looking at people, either pastors or, or even faculty members or leaders or, 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 or other evangelists or other type of people like that, and we look at them and think, man, they've got it all together. They've, they've got everything going for them. They're, they're following Christ and they're serving Christ and they know all these scriptures and, man, listen to them preach and they're so wonderful and they're so amazing and we forget sometimes that they're just like we are. And we say, there's no way I could do what he does because I look at my weakness, look at my frailty. I make all these mistakes, man. I have a hard time with this sin and, and I get lost sometimes and I get distracted sometimes and, and I'm not doing all that I should do for Christ. There's no way I could ever accomplish what, what those guys are accomplishing. I want you to know that even Peter, that great disciple, took his eyes off of Christ and he started to sink, but he knew one important statement to make when that happens. Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, reach down and grab me right now in the situation that I've gotten myself in, in the mess that I've gotten myself in, in the problems that I've allowed myself to fall in. Christ, grab me, help me, save me. And from this passage, we see that he did just We go through life so many times. When we take our eyes off of Christ, we get involved in something we shouldn't get involved in. We get distracted. We get on the wrong path. Isn't it great to know that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what the lifestyle you've lived. It doesn't matter the background that you come from. It doesn't matter the sins that you've committed. That we serve a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who will reach down and grab you every single time. 
That is a great promise that we need to understand. He realized the power. But because of that power, number four, and this is so critical, is that Peter felt the presence. He realized the potential. He jumped at the proposition. He, he felt the power of it all. <laughs> he felt the presence of God in his life. I'm telling you something. I don't want to go through life without feeling the presence of God. Who wants to go through life all by themselves? Who wants to go through life in their own power where they don't, they're not able to tap into all that Christ wants them to, to be able to tap into? Who wants to do that? Don't we all want to feel the presence? But notice what happened. After Peter started to sink and, and after he cried out, Lord, save me, and after Christ did just that, Christ had a statement. He said this, Why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt me? Peter, you'd seen all the things I was able to do. <laughs> you'd seen me feed those thousands of people with just a very little bit of food. You, you'd seen me do all of those things. Peter, why did you doubt me? Here's the question I want to ask everyone in this room today. Are you doubting God? Are you allowing yourselves to get caught up in the fog and the cloud of, of problems and distractions and issues that you seem to be going through where you don't know the way through and you don't know how to get out of it, you don't know where to turn and you don't know what's next and you're doubting the very God who brought you here. You're doubting the power of Christ in your lives. You're doubting the power of the one who spread his arms out on that cross and died for you. And hopefully, hopefully all of you in this room, the, the, the one who, who saved you, who washed you in his own blood, who took your sins upon his back and, and paid the penalty that we should have paid. Are you doubting God? You're saying, Jonathan, I don't know what's next. I don't know what that call is on my life. I don't know what the steps are that, that Christ wants me to take. I don't have a clue. All I know is this, is that I'm having problems at home. And my family's in trouble. My parents are in trouble. I've got financial difficulties. I miss being with my friends back home and my family back home. And I've got all of these problems and it just seems to be so overwhelming. It seems to be taking me and gripping me and I'm gripped with fear and I don't know what to do next. And I don't know where to turn. And I don't know how to make it through. And we allow ourselves, and you may be allowing yourself to be exactly like the disciples in the midst of that boat. After God had told them, Jesus looked at them and called them and said, you go to the other side. And they did exactly what it was that Christ had called them to do. And yet in the midst of that call, in the midst of following after Christ, they became so gripped by fear that they didn't know what to do next. The lesson we can learn from this passage this morning is this, is that we can look at Peter and we can see that even in the midst of the crisis, 
even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the challenge, even in the midst of the hurt, even in the midst of the doubt, that we can still feel the presence of Christ in our lives and he will take us through. Today, all over this room, I know there are people that come from a myriad of backgrounds. I know many of you are going through situations, whether at home or maybe even right here. Every year, this university, all the way up through 2007, my dad would stand on this pulpit and he would tell the students, many of them the new students and the freshmen, he would say, don't quit. Don't allow your challenges, don't allow your problems to hold you down. Don't allow those things to, to make you steer away from what God's called you to do. Don't let the doubts overtake you. Don't let those things uh, take you off the path that God has called you to do. Don't you quit. Don't you ever, ever quit. And he would say it each and every year. He would say it over and over again. Do you know why? It wasn't because he was some spiritual giant who knew something that we didn't know. It's because he had gone through the same situations that you've gone through. And he'd had the same challenges that you had faced. And he had had the same doubts that you're facing. And he'd gone through all of those problems over and over and over again. And he simply decided that through all of those, to trust God. And every single time, God came through. That's why he said, don't quit. And that's why today I stand here and tell you, don't quit. Trust God. Even in the midst of your doubts, even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the hurt, don't quit. You do what Peter did. And you realize the potential that God has in your life you realize that Philippians 4.13, that there is nothing that you can't do if you will put your hands in, in life in Christ. You jump at the opportunities that Christ gives you. You go out and you realize and understand and feel the great power that comes through Jesus. But then, my friends, don't you ever, ever allow yourselves to not just bask in his presence, bask in his glory, feel the presence of God in everything you're doing. I'm telling you that today, wherever you are in life, whatever you're going to do when you leave here, whatever path that you're going to take, that there is absolutely nothing that you can't accomplish that there is nothing that you cannot do if God has called you to it. If God has put that call on your life, if God has called you to do something, whatever it is, then I want you to know that he has put in you everything that you will ever need to not only accomplish it, to go way beyond, to be incredibly successful, if you will trust in God. Life is full of glorious opportunities, brilliantly disguised as insoluble problems. My friends, make sure that your eyes are fixed on the ones that are the opportunities. Make sure that your eyes are fixed on the one who will give you the power 
Make sure that your eyes are focused on Christ. And those insoluble problems will turn into glorious victories every single time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, today we thank you for the promise that we have in you. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us that great hope that you have told us throughout the scriptures that you will never leave us or forsake us. You have told us that we can do all things through you. That you have told us that you will take us to victory after victory, that you will allow us to accomplish and to do everything that you've called us to do. And so, Lord, right now I pray for every person that is hearing my voice, every person that's in this room, every person that is part of this great university, this great ministry here that you have raised up, Lord, I pray that you would burn in all of our hearts the desire to seek out what it is that you want us to do. And Lord, help us to jump out of the comfort zones of life and jump through the fog and the the challenges that we face so that we can experience your power and your presence and your victory so that we can do whatever it is that you've called us to do. And Lord, that because of that, that we will see, see and understand how great a God that we serve. Lord, I pray, if there's any person in this room right now that is gripped by fear and doubt, Lord, that you would speak directly to their hearts today. Help them to see who you are. Help them to understand that you would never put anything on them, that you also don't put in them to make it through. Lord, I pray that every person in this room will be a story of victory. Lord, a story of honor, a story of glory, not for ours, Lord, but for your honor and your glory alone. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.